Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. We are back with more Weekly Jump goodness. And this week, uh, I'm just going to fucking start out with our screen time. Because, holy shit, I have been sleeping on Tokyo Revengers, and uh, no longer will I be that person. Man, (laughs) this show is fucking wild. Um, Yeah. Little did I know when I sat down to watch this, I was like, okay, so it's going to be like Slice of Life. Wait, there's time travel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this uh, this is a manga series from 2017. With a live-action film adaptation in July of 2021 and an anime adaptation in September of 2021, which yeah. is uh, kind of surprising. Yeah, uh, it's I've heard about this. I have heard that it's real good. Um, and the basic premise is there is a young adult who is uh, killed in a random act of violence. Yeah, but instead of dying, he goes back in time 12 years to when he was in middle school. And uh, makes some decisions based on future information he has that then uh, changes the future. He wakes up in the future, finds out that he changed the past through his actions, specifically by drawing somebody else into his ability to change the past. And then goes back in time to try to change more of the past and fix some more wrongs. Yeah. The animation inside of the show is so fucking good. (laughs) Like, Yeah, it's... It's really interesting. It's also, it's based heavily on the Japanese delinquents thing that we see in like Yu Yu Hakusho and Bleach, except that instead of that being a sort of backdrop for why this character is a bit of a, a hard ass, it is the whole thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and also, weirdly, this character is not a hard ass. Yeah. And also just so much fucking darker. Like, <laughs> like it's real dark. It's like you know, those people that were watching Yu Yu Hakusho and they were just like, look how fun these ruffians are. And then they were just like, uh-huh. you know what? This is not fun. Ruffians are not actually fun. Let's see what happens when we give them broken beer bottles. <laughs> yeah. So I, let me say, let me uh let me give my review since I think you had a more positive a- reaction to this. I liked this, but I had a hard time with the violence, which I know is maybe like a weird thing to say, but I, I think the violence is really grounded. And I think in general, I may have said this before, or at least you may have been able to infer it. I kind of don't feel comfortable with the delinquent narrative of Japan because it is so intense. It is not like a kid skipping school in America. It is not like a bully. It is like gangs and gang warfare. And that is, again, the backdrop for a lot of big characters in Japanese manga and anime. And it often makes me uncomfortable because it's a cultural difference. But to me, it's not a value difference. They treat it differently in um in anime and manga that i've seen it is more of a foregone conclusion that some some middle and high school boys become these delinquents that start all these like really intense fights and get into a ton of trouble but to me it just reads too close to like some intense gang stuff especially in this show where they're like actually threatening to like literally kill each other and stab each other and all kinds of stuff. And so I found the plot to be interesting and I actually really enjoyed the characters for the most part, 
but the sort of core conceit that this is centering around in extreme violence among middle schoolers was a hard pill to swallow for me. If I'm able to get over that, this story is fascinating, intriguing. I agree with Spencer that the production quality is high. I am not sure if I am personally going to be returning to this soon because I just had such a distaste for like the core concept that I understand is like a a real thing that's represented here because it's not something I've done a lot of research on, but it's not going to show up in anime and manga this frequently without having a strong basis in reality. And this is a show about really dissecting the reality of that by using a sci-fi premise. Yeah. And uh, I had a hard time with that, but if it weren't for that, I would have really loved this ride in, a, in the way that I'm getting the impression you did. Yeah, the the big thing that I got from it, and one of the reasons why I think that I enjoyed it more, is that one of the things that it, it kind of fucks around with is one of the reasons I loved the movie Gangs of New York, which is it, the more you show the, the actual brutality of man, sometimes it brings out a... A, a greater sense of urgency to the fight that is happening in front of you. So like, even when you're watching things where yes, the main character has the possibility of dying at the end of it or getting badly injured inside of a shonen or something like that. Most of the time you're expecting that character to either come back and be able to fight again soon or, uh, after they're injured to be able to like, you know, figure out a way to, um, you know, come back and, and, and be able to fight in some, some semblance of the future away from it. When they're, just real people that are beating the Christ out of each other. It's just like, oh, if this person gets hurt, like they're down and they're not going to be able to come back from it. And that's why I think they put a lot of those like conceits inside of a lot of different anime. Um, But because this one doesn't have that much of that conceit, a lot of the fighting is just like, people that are not the best at fighting just beating the crap out of each other there's there's yeah the the sci-fi premise really doesn't help them in the actual encounters it's just a it's just a plot device yeah yeah and i think that that's that's what makes you know like i mentioned the gangs of new york so good or if i'm looking for an anime that has something like that um uh the the uh the viking anime i've i've watched uh a couple of episodes um god i I'm spacing on the name of it right now. I watched it like almost a year ago. Uh, Vinland Saga. Um, I watched a couple of episodes of the Vin- mm. uh, Vinland Saga before we were talking about voting on it for possibly covering on the show. So I decided not to watch anymore, but that has the same sort of feel on it too, where it has, yeah. it, it has real stakes because these people are just people. And like, that's, that's one of the things that makes it, it really interesting to me. And also like, it is a slice of life that doesn't just roll over and be cutesy um, or just way too dramatic. Instead, it's, it feels grounded in some sort of reality. Um, yeah, I would say that generally I think of slice of life as just sort of like soft, low conflict, low stakes, everyday, you know, challenge of the week. Yeah. Whereas this, I, I would say, is more of like a slice of life from the perspective that it feels like it's trying to drill down semi-realistically on a thing that happens in the real world. But it is not like sort of dirtling about in the way that like we talk about slice of life anime like this is a pretty focused plot that is about 
a part of this person's life in, yeah. in a sort of, again, semi-realistic fashion. Yeah. I would say for me, I would recommend this with the caveat that if you have trouble with that sort of real world violence, especially involving, you know, minors that you might have the same sort of difficulty getting through it as I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you can't handle some sort of like somewhat realistic violence, blood injury, that kind of thing, you might not like this, but otherwise I would say, check it out. This is a pretty intriguing piece. Yeah. And speaking of slice of life, uh, our page flips today <laughs> is uh Magu-chan, God of destruction, you know, a complete slice of life. Cause you know, when you are dealing in the past with a cult that has just summoned a Lovecraftian horror and uh, you seal it away um, just in the nick of time before it completely decimates the planet um, and then a young girl breaks that seal uh, uh, years 600 and, you know, years later 600 years later with her rake in the sand and uh, the the small monster uh, appears from that um, and the now small a, monster <laughs> de- develops a love-hate relationship with her with his his now captor slash person that he's going to hang around with and pal with. Uh this is the this this manga is ridiculous. <laughs> like yeah. So the god of destruction is now in a tiny squid body because of his being bound up in a ceiling crystal for 600 years and so this girl is treating him like a pet because she's lonely. <laughs> and this was real good. <laughs> yeah, I I genuinely enjoyed this manga, uh, and I think the reason I enjoyed it so much uh, can really boil down to the very end of the first chapter. And in the at the very end of the first chapter, they have this moment where she saves uh, the God of Destruction, and... Uh-huh. In this moment, the God of Destruction is trying to save something of hers that is important. And she tells him yeah. that that is important, but not as important as you because you're my friend. And because of that, he fucking full on is just like, uh, tell me what you want to, me to destroy. And she's just like, uh, you don't need to destroy anything and points his power like towards the sky. And he fires like a massive bolt of destructive industry in, into the galaxy. And then she's just like, uh, okay. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, this, this is what I, this is what I fucking sign up for when I want dumbass crazy slice of life thing. This is it. Uh huh. Yeah, this is, I would say, a bit of slice of life, definitely a comedy and a a bit of gag manga, but only very slightly. Yeah. Um, I would say a bit of gag manga in the the speed at which some things wrap up. A lot of a, a couple of things in these first three chapters wrapped up really quickly with basically a character being like, "Okay, but that's absurd. And then they all move on, which is very gag manga. Um, but I would say this is a bit more of a comedy manga versus a gag manga uh, mm-hmm. because I think gag mangas are more about like little moments of mild comedy. That's my personal bias showing up there. But uh, whereas a comedy manga is a little bit more of like a, an extended story over the chapter. Um, this is so charming. And uh, when I was reading it, I had these flashbacks of um, of one of the manga that I'm um currently reading that I have mentioned a few times as something that I enjoyed initially, but that has sort of worn out its welcome relatively quickly, which is Mori King, which has an actually relatively similar premise where a 
a beetle is hatched, but it is in the form of a large, muscular, beautiful man with a beetle horn. And he reveals that he is the uh, aspiring king of the forest and that there are other bug people around who are super strong and have weird insect powers that will be uh, competing against each other to be king of the forest. Uh, but he is under the care of a young child who really likes bugs and just sees him as his pet. And there's like this cute sort of like discordance between like what he looks like and the fact that he has like superhuman shonen powers versus the fact that he's just like this little kid's pet. And the little kid is just like enamored with him because he loves beetles. And this is his beetle. Um, Magu-chan is similar in that Magu Magu-chan, which is the cutesy name that she gives to the god of destruction that's like Mag-Magu-Egg or something like that, uh, is this like adorable-bodied beast that we have seen looks creepy and has these like destructive powers, but is stuck in this weakened form. And so he like speaks in these grandiose statements using sort of like older older language and big words and just like making these sweeping statements about like the humans that will serve him and consuming the blood. And like, then it's just like butting up against the fact that she is just like a simple girl who sees him as a pet and who is going dealing with relatively, I I would say relatively low stakes things. Uh, Her, her loneliness is somewhat high stakes. Um, But generally it's sort of like basic slice of life challenges that are the comedy comes from the fact that Magu-chan does not understand the humans of today and keeps speaking like he is some sort of all-powerful destruction demon when he's actually just like a little squid thing. And it's real cute. And then I think the key here that pushes it even further and that makes me hopeful that this will not wear out its welcome in the way that Mori King has. And I know that this series has been getting a lot of positive press and has been going for a while now and seems to be well-received. Uh, But, you know, I'm not much of a comedy person, so that doesn't necessarily say anything for my enjoyment. But what I saw here is that in the first chapter, she points out her dad died when she was younger. She lives alone because her mother works as a fisher, uh, a fisherman and is unable to get home very frequently. And she's deeply lonely. And she finds Magu-chan and realizes that he has been sealed in a prison for 600 years, released into a world that is different than what he knew, that he doesn't understand and that doesn't understand him and is consequently also lonely. And this is clearly being set up as a story about two lonely beings who help each other find peace and friendship. And then she gives him a fucking journal for a middle school girl that he keeps referring to as like his blood grimoire. And it is hilarious. Yeah. And I just thought this was so great. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Last. Uh, I, I, I want to sing more. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 wanted I, I want to read say, more of this. Yeah. I just wanted to say that this is, this is one of the recommendations that I was like, I, 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 I did not think I was going to enjoy this, but I ended up very much enjoying this. Um, yeah. Now, now Blake is going to tease you really quick what might be coming on to more Patreon chats coming next week. Yeah, we just uh, we just recorded one Patreon chat about the Digimon uh, card game uh, that I uh, teased on the Friday pod. You should be hearing it now or soon if you're a patron. If you are not a patron and you'd like to hear me talk about some of the core mechanics of that game and why it is an exciting alternative to some of the bigger card games out there or maybe addition to some of the bigger card games out there uh, check that out episode out uh 
uh, you can you can you can become a patron um, pretty pretty cheap. So if you're interested, check that out. Um, if you are a patron or you're interested in potentially becoming a patron next week, I am planning to discuss Pokemon Legends Arceus. That is the new Switch game for Pokemon that just came out last night. I've played a couple of hours. My husband has played a couple of hours in front of me. Uh, I have a lot of opinions and I figure by next week I will have played a lot more and I will have even more opinions Yeah, on I- sort of the game. Not as a whole. I don't expect to have finished it by then, but uh, a more full picture of like how the game goes over time um so far i'm really enjoying it and i'm looking forward to talking more about it yeah and if you have questions that you want to submit for uh the patreon before chats uh you can submit those but if you want to hear the answers you got to become a patron so uh catch 22 anyways uh stick with us (laughs) after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on Comic Book Keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Remember... Don't go out with your little tiny rake and rake in the sand. Why would you be doing that? I don't understand why. Just, just don't. You might unlock the God of destruction. Just saying. But also the end of that third chapter when she's just like, I win. (laughs) (laughs) So good.